Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 51. This week, I will be raising my glass to the books that came on on the 9th of October 2019, as well as talking about other things relevant to the world of comic books. So, full disclosure, this is a spoiler-based podcast, and I do drop naughty language words, so sensitive ears, you've been warned. Now, before I jump into the news, I would like to say that was it a refreshing week off? Uh, kinda. Not really. Not really. I missed you. I did, even though I put out two episodes, and if you didn't get your, your episode 51 fixed like you thought you were going to, um, I didn't really give you much of a warning, because I knew that you, you had Batman Who Laughs to, uh, to enjoy. That was a hell of a trade negotiation, so I'm mighty fucking proud of that one. So, go back and... Visit that one if you haven't. That's that's how I gave you your, your Church to Comics fix last week. But alas, the, the show goes on, and you're going to get me for another 50-some fucking weeks straight before before I miss out on you again, so. Oh, yeah. All right. News. Not a whole lot of news. I guess I did skip a big news week with it being New York Comic Con and all, but look at me saving my vocal cords. Just, just one little thing I'm going to announce. It's a pushback. Batman Last Night on Earth is getting pushed back uh, five weeks. And uh, it's been speculated that we have Todd McFarlane to blame. That's because Capullo is working on some special spawn shit. So, yeah, no, I'm not mad at him. I'm okay with that. We got plenty of Black Label stuff to hold us over in the meantime. And, you know, Last Night on Earth isn't particularly... I wouldn't say it's my cup of tea, but it's nothing that I'm super super anxious about it's not a priority of mine by any means i'll enjoy it when it comes out but i'm not upset not upset so uh yeah not a whole lot of news not much at all let's jump in to overviews just like i normally do i'm going to be starting with indies this week (laughs) oliver is how i'm going to be starting from image comics we have gary witta and Derek robertson Robertson did the cover. Now, this book has been on a bit of a hiatus, and I was actually beginning to question whether or not this was actually canceled, because, frankly, it's just too good to be fucking canceled. <laughs> it's awesome. I love this book. It is a uh, dystopian take on uh, the Dickens story. Oliver. Oliver Twist. And I uh, usually when a book goes that long in between issues, I have to wonder, well, shit. 
Am I gonna have to go back and read all that stuff to remember what the fuck's going on? No, because of how well the story was told, I very easily was able to jump right back in like nothing even happened. And we do, we jump right into this. Action, violence, and all of that stuff. So we got Prospero uh, confronting the, the military, and the military's after Oliver, who is a hybrid, and hybrids are banned in this new future. They're, they're abominations, if you will, and frankly a threat to all of mankind. So Prospero is this father figure that took in Oliver, and now he's he's there to fight for him. Well, Oliver is, well, he's more of a, a distraction, is what he is, while Oliver takes off. But Oliver is a badass fighter on his own. So... Uh, the one of the main officers. I never really give this this officer a, a title, other than the fact that you know he works for Lord Fleming, and Lord Fleming is the motherfucker that really made the rule about uh, you know hybrids being illegal and a threat and all of this stuff. So anyway, with this officer, he's he's fucking up Prospero, and more than anything, it's not really him that's fucking up. He sticks his dog on him, and it's this robot fucking beast of a dog and yeah, from the, the the first initial glimpse like oh that's that's a cool fucking badass dog and then he's like come here boy and he go, comes running at him and you see that like uh fucking creepy other half it's like it's like if two-face were a dog that that kind of is what i got out of it yeah oh fucking good fucking good it makes you not want to like or not want to hate that, that beast dog that just fucked up Prospero. So, regardless, Prospero is down, he's bleeding out, and this officer, they they get to they get to Oliver. Actually, Oliver's making his way to Prospero, because, you know, you gotta, Oliver's more than capable, like I said. He's, he's there to check up. He f- shows up, sees a bleeding out Prospero, and, yeah, him and that officer have it out. And, it, you know, it's not nearly as easy for uh, Oliver against this officer as it has been for anybody else that he's tried to fuck up. And, uh, as a matter of fact, Oliver goes down. And the officer just kind of fucking leaves him there. Because, yeah, no, that nature will take its course. And by nature, it just means that yeah, not necessarily nature. They're not in nature at all in the middle of a fucking city. But uh, Oliver, being the badass he is, he's able to pick up the bleeding, up pro- bleeding out Prospero and hauls him off to... Uh, some sort of safe haven of some sort. I, I wouldn't call it a safe haven, but a place of rest, I guess. And as he's laying there, um, he kind of, he's breathing his last dying words, and he asks for forgiveness, and Oliver's like, well, yeah, I forgive you. He's like, no, 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 forgive your mom, bro. Forgive your mom, because she left you. And, yeah, don't do that. Don't be a dick. And then he dies. Prospero's dead. This character that, you know, has been the someone that we've grown to know through three and three quarters issues. <laughs> uh, yeah, bye-bye. Well, at this point, you know, Oliver, he has a, he has a choice to make. He's got to carry on, and he wants to seek out his mom. His mom's still alive, so he could forgive her to her face, or he could go out and seek some motherfucking revenge. Uh, I don't know. But... Uh, the, the, the worth, <laughs> the, the way it was so worth it on this book. They never lost any steam. It's a quick read. It's very visual, action-packed. Derek Robertson just fucking kills it. If you like fight scenes in the rain, then Derek Robertson is your fucking dude, man. He's your dude. Let's carry on to Outer Darkness. Outer Darkness, number 11, John Lehman and Apu Chan, covered by Apu. 
Boop Chan. All right. Well, Satalis, that traitorous motherfucker, he's set off to execution. And by execution, they mean they're going to feed him to the engine. And by feed him to the engine, I mean their engine is a living, trapped god. And its god powers are what powers this ship. And its god powers are fueled by eating people. Circle of life, man. <laughs> Satalis is about to be a heavy part of the circle of life. And before uh, Briggs can foresee this execution uh prakash 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 she jumps in and says no 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 this traitorous motherfucker still has right to a trial and you know that's that's what we got to do like it or not captain this is what we got to do so they go to the sagittarius space sagittarius it's not sagittarius it's sagittarius <laughs> At least that's what I'm... Anyways. And they meet Admiral, which just so happens to be Prakash's daddy. So Admiral Prakash, uh, before Briggs gets off the uh, off the ship, the, the Prakash, she is already warning the Admiral about how terrible of a person and captain that Briggs has been and will be and always was and yada, yada, yada. So naturally, when Briggs gets off the ship, he's already expecting that, you know, she's going to be... He's uh, not, or he's not gonna have a very good uh, hmm, reception because he's very aware of how he's probably perceived by his crew and yeah, all of the stuff that I said. He yeah, he was expecting that to happen. So uh, yeah, so he gets off the ship and before he can, uh, he has this meeting scheduled with the admiral. But before he gets to all of that, he's, he's he wants to celebrate. <laughs> you know, he's he's the shit for now. And he declares this day pretty much a day of rest slash party. So however you want to go about doing it, go out and fuck some shit and drink some shit and do some shit. And yeah, cheers, motherfuckers. So while all that's going on, he's uh, he's interviewing applicants. And these applicants are essentially the replacement for Prakash. Because <laughs> he wants a new administrator on his crew. Frankly, he wants a new fucking crew. But he wants Prakash particularly out. Bad administrator, at least in his eyes. Well, I mean, she's talking shit about him, so... Yeah. I'd want her out, too. So, he's interviewing applicants at the bar, and this... You know, like... I know for a while I was going on about how this book took a very horror type of turn. This this book didn't go horror. It went comedy. <laughs> and I, 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 that's the beautiful thing about John Lehman, though. He could do... He could do anything. Anything he puts his mind to. And that he does. So we we get a pretty cool uh, montage of very interesting applicants. Some of them are complete duds. Some of them are, you're fucking hired, bro. And that's all stuff that you're really going to have to read for yourself. Because I couldn't do the comedy any justice in any of that. So, yeah. You're going to have to read Our Darkness number 11. But there's more. Uh, <laughs> uh, when he does have that... That meeting with the admiral. The admiral gives him. He's, uh, essentially, the meeting is just another mission, and he gives him the mission and says, "You need to go retrieve Frikashi Mirir." I think that's how you say it. I don't know. It's I'm not used to those letters being one and after <laughs> after each other. But anyways, um, essentially, this Frikashi feller, he is Alexander the Great, Jesus, Einstein, Zeus, and so many others like that in that realm of greatness, all rolled into one. So he's important, is what they're trying to say. Like, Jesus important. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, fucking Briggs says, you know what? Sure, I'll take your mission. Bam! Sucker punches the Admiral, and he 
wants to steal the starship that, <laughs> yeah, uh, and the starship being the Sagittarius base, I believe. So I believe the base is, a, yeah, I, I don't fucking know. But Briggs, he ain't taking no more orders from no one anymore. I dig it. I like the, <laughs> there's a lot that I like about this, to be honest. And who cares what I fucking like? There's tons to like. You learn to like it on your own. Go out and read it. It's good. It's got everything. Comedy. This one didn't have horror, but the series has horror, so what more could you want? Let's keep it going with the indies. We've got... Reaver, number four. Justin Jordan, Rebecca Isaacs, and Alex Guiamaris. I'm going to say it wrong every time. I got the Becky Cloonan cover again. So, where we left off last time, the team, they uh, infiltrated this city. Or Yeah, I don't remember the name of the city, but... It was left in ruins because they burned the motherfucker down. Cause that's what they do. And but they had to retrieve uh, one of the guards that had knowledge, and they brought that knowledgeable guard, and they ate his fucking brain. So and that's that's where we pick up is them biting it, or at least I I, I don't know the character's name. She's the bald one that's running shit. Uh, as good as this series is, I wish there was a little bit of more name usage. So uh, that's just that's really my only my only gripe with this book is just a little more name usage. But anyways, so uh, yeah, the brain is eaten, the knowledge is consumed. We now know how to get to Anvil and how to get in and all the you know anything we need to know about Anvil that this guard knew they now know, or at least this one this one lady does. So, uh, before they get to all that, we do get a bit of an Essen Breaker backstory. And Essen Breaker has become my favorite character. He's the big mongoloid motherfucker, the big barbarian dude. He's just badass. And, uh, uh, so, yeah, he, he claims, you know, the, he's, he's cool with going to Anvil because there's a debt that he has owed there. And, yeah, I'm not going to get too far into the backstory. Just know that there is a backstory. Once again, going to have to read it for yourself. And, uh, yeah, so, um, that's, that's, that's his whole, that's whole, his whole motive to get to Anvil, besides the fact that he's poisoned, and if he doesn't go, he's gonna die, but there's a little bit of extra motivation. So, when they get to Anvil, they're confronted by guards at the gate, and, uh, who is it, uh, Captain Caban, Caban, whatever the fuck his name is. He he's knowledgeable with their passcodes and their their laws, and he's able to you know when the guards quiz him and say, hey, what's the what's the uh, standing orders? Blah 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 blah, and he can recite paragraph C section four twelve dash point one two nine or yeah, and he knows it because that's what he's there for. And well, uh, what they do is they. Uh, he is there under the impression that the rest of this, air quote, suicide squad, that's what I'm just going to continue to call them, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they're, they're, they're acting like they're prisoners, and that's how they're going to get in. They're, they're, they're to be judged, I guess. Well, they get in, and, you know, they, they do their thing. Uh, what's her name? Fucking, uh, oh, shit, Regala, that skin eater bitch, that crazy little bitch. She, she's the one that's, sentence first, I guess, and they're taken to herself first, and be, she's able to get out in the way she does, and she has her mission, her mission is to go free this other chick. Apparently, she's a badass, too. So, uh, yeah, she, um, she does her thing, the rest of the team, they're able to, 
slip the chains and do what they do in a manner of comic books. But then, just as everything looks like every, you know, mission's going according to plan, motherfucker Styrian, that motherfucking goddamn Petter-ass son of a bitch, he betrays the team. And bum bum bum, that's, that's where, uh, that's where old Reaver number four leaves off. I dig the shit out of this book. I know that it kind of had number, number two-itis. It was dope. Number one, number two might have turned some motherfuckers off, but take my word for it. It goes right back up. I, I, I really dig this book. And while all that's going on, uh, fucking, there's, <laughs> SM Breaker. He's fucking preparing for some shit. He's actually not locked up in chains. He's outside waiting, doing his thing. So, yeah. You're just, like I said, you're gonna have to do it, read it yourself. It's fucking amazing. Go, go, Power Rangers number 24, Ryan Pertz, and a Grace, Daniel Bayless, and Raul and Hulo. Covered by Ivan Chavarin. So, this was really just following around Bulk and Skull as they videotaped a Zord battle in Angel Grove fighting a big-ass fucking monster, and they're trying to get the best footage of the Power Rangers and all this other shit. Meanwhile, we got these other shithead kids trying to uh, race for the same story, and the shithead kids end up getting the story because Bulk and Skull end up being heroes. And, yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, I... Probably should have made the honorable mentions pile now that I think about it, but I don't know. It, it was it was definitely fun to look at for sure. But did did it deserve an entire issue of this? I mean, we should have just solicited this as a one shot side story, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I was uh, this one took me back. Definitely took me back. But I have faith. I'm not dropping. I'm not dropping. Go go. I know what the fuck's up. I know what they're capable of. Absolute Carnage. Let's move on to Marvel. Absolute Carnage, Miles Morales, number three. So we got a tie-in action, just a little bit of tie-in action. Um, shit, I didn't write down all of the the, uh, the creators. That's my bad, but I know Saladin Ahmed wrote it. So, fucking A. My bad, guys. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so Miles, he's he's fighting. He's been, you know, the, the, the symbiote's got him, and we've got some J. Jonah Jameson action, and we've got Happy Dan. Happy Dan's also symbiotic, if you will. And, uh, yeah, so it's been a back-and-forth battle with Miles and this symbiote. He's free, he's not free, he's free, he's not free. Well, guess what? Now he's free. And the symbiote, he's able to, like, shoe fly, don't fucking bother me. Symbiote goes away. Now he's got a, now he's got a face down Happy Dan. And he's trying to talk Happy Dan out of it. Happy Dan, don't do it, Happy Dan. You're better than this, Happy Dan. And Happy Dan says, you know what? I'm still going to attack you, Miles. So they're they're attacking each other. And then he talks him down. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a Spider-Man book. Well, uh, it seems like everything's cool, right? right? Fucking Miles doesn't have the thing anymore. J. Jonah Jameson's not being eaten anymore. And Happy Dan, he's a uh, shoe fly, don't bother me. Well, as J. Jonah Jameson's running away, he saw, he takes a breath, and fucking goddamn symbiote. Now, he's all symbiotic and shit, and Miles has got to face down J. Jonah Jameson, and then he's able to get a symbiote because, like I said, Happy Dan's symbiote went flying. So I think J Jameson has Miles's symbiote, and Miles has Happy Dan's symbiote. I'm not sure, but Miles is able to very easily control what this. The, he get the next time he gets a symbiote, like 
very easily. The symbiote even looks good, if you will, for being a a carnage type of. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fucking. I don't know. <laughs> but that's 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 essentially what's happening here. It ends with Miles having control of this new symbiote. Show. Is this a new thing? I don't know. This might be a new type of... Uh, this might be a key issue if this sticks. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Let's talk more Miles Morales, though. Let's talk his ongoing Miles Morales Spider-Man number 11 Legacy 251. Saladin Ahmed Zay Carlos Iguaro, Dono Sanchez Alamara, and Proto Bunker. Covered by Mike Hawthorne and David Curiel. Alright, that was a mouthful. So, Miles, he's all, uh... <laughs> it says right in the beginning that this takes place after the whole uh, absolute carnage thing. And they don't necessarily say that as so much as refer to the fact that he's, he's tired from the events of absolute carnage. So, spoilers, he survives. Um, so, Miles... He's he's facing these the, these foes. Ultimatum came in in the last issue, and it was revealed that Ultimatum is another version of Miles Morales from another multiverse that just so happens to be key with Kingpin. So yeah, um, well, he's fighting all these foes that resemble their their attire resembles what he remembers from Ultimatum. And he starts thinking, you know, fighting ultimatum kind of gives me deja vu. And I don't know, I feel like I might know him from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's you, bro. He doesn't know that, though. So anyways, he uh, he wishes he can get some advice from Uncle Aaron. And Uncle Aaron, and then this is their way of saying, Uncle Aaron, he ain't around right now. He's MIA. He took off. No one knows what the fuck he's doing. Foreshadowing. I bet you he's foreshadowing. So he's got to go back to school. Not, not... Uh, Uncle Aaron, Uncle Aaron's grown. Miles has got to go back to school, and he meets up with Genki, and Genki's full of the bad news. Look, bro, we're out of web fluid. The operation at school's been shut down, can't get the supplies anymore. What you got is what you got. You got to deal with it. Well, that's a fucking bummer. Meanwhile, school's even more of a bummer because Miles gets put on probation because principals are dickheads. And so now he's got all that to worry about. Well, back to fighting crime. You know what he does? You know what Miles does when he's got to worry about being on probation at school? He goes out and he patrols. But the thing is, is he has got to be frugal with his webbing. So he's frugalizing his webbing and not using it. Then he finds some more ultimatum-looking bad guys. And pum 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 goes to try to invisible eyes on him. Doesn't work. They're prepared. Night vision goggles apparently cures invisibility comic books and yeah these these guys they're 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 fighting but miles is still able to overcome he says fuck it i'm gonna use the webbing anyways i don't have much left it makes you feel like okay well, they even said i'm gonna use the last of it but it goes to show later on he has more so comic books so he ties them up with his webbing to subdue them because he can't do it any other way i guess he's useless without his webbing <laughs> And, yeah, so now he's able to get information out of him about this ultimatum guy or some sort of clue somehow. Anyway, through comic books, he has a clue where to go. 
He goes, follows tracks down that clue, and he sees some old guy. Old guy's getting ready to get shot at by someone else that's peeping in in the distance, and he realizes as he confronts this other person peeping in the distance, hey, remembering that foreshadowing, that foreshadowing of Uncle Aaron, a.k.a. Prowler, is back and bad, and bum, bum, bum. That's the cliffhanger we, uh, we end on there. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not bad. It's, it's a Spider-Man book. It's, I, I don't know. I think I'm just kind of spidered out. There's a lot of Spider-Man out there, and some of it's really, 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 really fucking good. Some of it is just okay, and it gets overshadowed, and, you know, when you realize that the, just the character Spider-Man alone gets close to $50 a month from me. Yeah, that's crazy. Close to $50 a month from me, because there's always an event or something going on involving Spider-Man. I get it all. I get it all. That's for you guys. And, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Sometimes I'm just not overly impressed. That one wasn't overly impressive. But it was a story, nevertheless, for Miles Morales fans. Doctor Doom, number one, Christopher Cantwell, Salvador La Roca, and Guru FX. Cover by Aco, A-C-O. I don't know. I don't know that word. So... Uh, this is something that I w- I've been anticipating big time. Big time. And, well, I'll be dipped. Here it is. So, what's going on here is we got a government agency developing a black hole on the moon. Because that's a good idea. And But Doom, Doom doesn't agree with that. He doesn't think that's a good idea. Even though it's uh, fucking Reed Richards and Tony Stark... Helming the project, it's not good enough because Tony's reckless and reads something else or one or the other. I don't fucking know. But Doom doesn't agree, thinks it's a bad idea, but he's going to watch it all go down anyways. Well, he's in his quarters being Dr. Doom and Kang arrives and he's lost like a motherfucker. <laughs> and yeah, he's he pretty, that's, I don't totally understand what the point of it is, but through through dialogue, they, they do kind of explain a little bit of it uh, as far as his presence goes and the meaning of it. But more than anything, I I think it's just cool to see Kang and Doom just chilling in a fucking office. Chilling. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, all, all that happens, and then, boom, terrorist attack on the Antalon Station. That's, that's where the, the black hole's being developed. Black hole goes up, and boom. Well, the the motherfuckers that are uh, claiming this attack on Antalon, or the Antalon station, are holding a Latvian flag. Now, naturally, that's going to raise some motherfucking eyebrows and point fingers at Dr. Doom. Well, Doom was not involved, and he is visited regardless by Union Jack and Agent Zero. So I like how they send in these motherfuckers that 98% of you haven't heard of <laughs> to go take down Dr. Motherfucking Doom. But they do, and they don't. Doom subdues them, but he is more than willing to... Or he's, he tells them, look, I'm going to fuck you guys up, kind of, but I'm, I'm turning myself in. I, I didn't have anything to do with this, and this can't be good. So... No, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm fucking, we're cool. And that's, uh, 
That's that's what happens. He surrenders. Fucking, you know, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this book. Um, I, I'm in it. I am in it, but I, 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 what, and what I say, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Really, all it means is, I have no idea where the fuck this is gonna go, because they touch, they very much touch on the fact, they acknowledge the fact that Doom's been a good guy, he's been a big bad guy, and they go, he goes back and forth, and in the beginning of this, it very much seems like he's a bad guy. Uh, he, I mean, he's not nice to the the news reporter because he's mocking him when you know he's asking Doom, how do you feel about this black hole and. The reporter mocks him, and Doom even he sends he sends someone to bring him to him to bring this reporter to him, and he's there, and he fucking kind of somewhat tortures him and shit, and punishes him for mocking him. So you think, okay, no, this, we're gonna get a bad Doom book, but then he does a noble thing, and I don't know, I don't know. I'm in it though, like I said, that's uh, I, I think the art's fucking awesome, and. Yeah, I don't know. What else is there to say? That's it for Marvel, though. Superman number 16, Brian Michael Bendis, David LaFuente, and Paul Mounts. Covered by Ivan Reese, Joe Prado, and Alex Sinclair. So, Superman has officially, as a title, won me back. I know I was thinking about dropping it for a minute, and then the last issue came out, and I thought, yeah, okay, I'm intrigued with this. This one right here reminded me of why I like Brian Michael Bendis so much. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just he, he's a fun writer man this is a fun book so John and Damien reunite Damien sees John John's much older I think what did he say he aged 8 years or some shit like that in 3 weeks and John has to convince him that it's not Kryptonian puberty and all this other stuff and we get a great moment where Damien throws a fucking batarang bounces off, off his head and John flat out so his response to the batarang bouncing off of his fucking head is I'm going to hug you now and that's the type of book you're getting here. If if you don't like funny, feel-good, uh, almost nostalgic-feeling type of stories, then I guess this isn't for you. This story, at least this issue, 100% is for someone like myself. So if we share a taste in comics, then, uh, yeah, this is all for you. So then we get the they're, they're teaming back up again. We get, They go on somewhat of a mission together and you get the dialogue of them explaining things or at least mostly John doing the explaining and he he brings up the the legion of superheroes and that whole invitation and Damien says well I want to fucking go <laughs> and he and John has to explain well you weren't really invited but I could put in a good word for you and I don't think I'm going to go anyways cuz you know fucking super sons bro we're back look at us kicking ass well, uh, going back to the Fortress of Solitude after they do a little bit of ass-kicking, uh, or at least John goes back to the Fortress of Solitude, says a, a, a quick see you later to Damien, and he has a, a conversation with his daddy. His daddy's Superman. <laughs> and while they're, in, they're, they're conversing and uh, about more events and the, the reuniting of the two and all of that good stuff, Fortress gets an air quote intruder. Uh, and it's not an evil intruder. It's just Saturn Girl. Saturn Girl from the year 3000. And she's there and she wants an answer from John. A friendly answer about the, the invitation to the Legion of Superheroes. And just when you think it's going to be a no, he asks. He's, he, he's very. He says, I'm probably not 
I don't think so. But can I get a peek? Can can I at least maybe see what it's like? And she gives him a glimpse, and he is all about it. And he joins. And conveniently enough, Superman's given this little beacon thing so we can call him anytime, and boom, he's in that. Yeah, he gets to go back and forth, man. I, I like it. We get, we're going to have Super Sons again, it seems. It seems like we're going to continue on with Super Sons. And not Legion of Superheroes. I mean, I would imagine, I guess he would have to say yes, because there wouldn't be all this hype around Legion of Superheroes if he was just going to say no. Because <laughs> I really, the whole... I mean, he's the tie-in of bringing the Legion of Superheroes into the DC Universe, or making them relevant again, so... I don't know. Regardless, I dig it. I love this fucking issue so much. <laughs> it was it was so good. Superman, who would have thought? Well, it's, like I said, roller coaster, but back at it. Event Leviathan, number five. Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleev. Covered by Alex Maleev. Last issue left off with Lois taking the Batmobile without permissions. She meets up with another group of detectives. This group of detectives includes Harvey Bullock, uh, Zatanna, uh, and some other ones that are escaping my mind. The other question. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, some detectives. Well... She, uh, the, the detectives, however, they, they kind of flip it around. You think, that, okay, we're all going to team up, but they're, they're like, no, Lois, here's the deal. Is we're kind of thinking you might have something to do with this Leviathan thing. Just like, it wasn't fucking me. It wasn't me. No, 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 we don't think it was you. I think it's your daddy. She's like, but he's... So portals open up, and they go to visit the daddy, and the daddy, Lois's daddy, seems, you know, he's... Yeah, no, no, I'm not Leviathan. But I agree with him, and then another portal opens up, and this weird dude I've never seen before comes through, and Daddy shoots him in the fucking eye, and then we go back over to the rest of the detectives, the 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 first detectives, our Batman, our Damien, uh, Ollie, and uh, who else is in the car with them? I don't remember, but there's someone else in the car with them, and they're traveling along, and fuck, I need to know who's in the car with them. It's killing me. Manhunter. Manhunter's in the car with him. So, yes, at this point, it's still really Damien being a little dick to everyone, saying I still think it's you, even though a lot of people have been disproven it's not them. And <laughs> So, uh, you, you get this whole conversation, and it is, it, 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 the dialogue is very much worth checking out. More Brian Michael Bendis, like I said. It's, <laughs> it's good shit. He's killing it this week. But... Um, Fucking the the old Batmobile gets shot shot at, and when they're crawling out, it's Talia Al Ghul. Yeah, but that's not the only uh, situations of events that's happening throughout all of this. We actually do get a confrontation between Superman and Leviathan, and. Uh, we get a whole we are Negan type of situation. Superman goes through a portal, is confronted by Leviathan, and there's a billion other Leviathans behind him. And that's where we get the we are Leviathan. And Leviathan pretty much says, look, dog, what you're seeing here, this is actually, you know, all these government agencies that I've been going around shutting down. We've been going around shutting down, fucking up. Well, they're responsible for this, and what this is, is a containment device for your son, specifically. This is a Superboy cage, because they, 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 they have no idea what a 
someone like that could possibly do when they grow up? And could he be more powerful than you? Who knows? We're lucky that, or they're lucky that you're the way you are. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen with Superboy? You know, puberty. So, uh, really the argument here is, is we're not here to fuck with you. We're here to help you, Superman. We're here to take some of the load off your back. Why should it all be on you? And Leviathan goes to, you know, even says, this is, this is not a mask. And we get this whole digitizing thing with the face. And then, you know, that's, that's the, the little cliffhanger that's left off there. And yeah, next issue, the sixth and final issue, we're going to get the reveal of who or what Leviathan is. I'm anxious. I'm anxious to find out. I've, I've dug this story. I didn't expect I was going to like it because I, I didn't like the way Leviathan was reading for me in... Uh, action comics. Part of the reason I dropped action comics was because of that whole Leviathan story. So, yeah, man. Batman's Grave, number one. Warren, motherfucking Ellis, Brian, Hitch, Kevin, Nolan, Alex Sinclair. Hitch and Sinclair did the cover. Dog. This first issue, <laughs> this first issue, there's, there's not a whole lot of talking points. Uh, this is, but, man... This is, this is really setting up some shit. Uh, right off the bat, we get Batman. He's he's thwarting a back theater robbery between yeah you know he's, he's it's a touch on his backstory for sure. But uh, what what they're what they're getting at with this is Gotham is just way way more overrun with crime than ever, and Batman is answering all of these all of these calls. So he answers to this murder scene, and when he shows up, he's he realizes the person murdered was completely obsessed with who Batman was in some way, shape, or form. We don't know if we think Batman was bad, if he thinks Batman was good, or whatever the fuck's going on. But this person that, that, that was murdered, the corpse that they found, is of a, a Vincent William Stanick. So... It was, this was a creepy book. It felt very much like Warren Ellis' storytelling. If you're familiar with Warren Ellis' storytelling, he hasn't diverted at all. I dig it. The art is fucking incredible. So there's not there's not a whole lot for me to talk about other than the fact that they're setting up something awesome. They really are setting up 12 issues of Amazing. So probably should have put this in the honorable mentions pile, but regardless, I was gonna, it was getting talked about. Detective Comics. Yeah, I think this is the yeah this is the last book of the overviews of the week. Detective Comics number one thousand thirteen. Peter J. Tomasi, Doug Mankey, Keith Champagne, Christian Alame, and Dave Barron. Covered by Mankey and Barron. All right, we got that that Mister Freeze story that's that's going on here. And that last issue was creepy as fuck, dark, twisted. Tomasi's killing it on Detective Comics. I know a lot of people are a little critical of his little two part mini arcs, but, oh, fuck, I, I, I dug those two, but let's talk about this particular issue, so Batman is, he's interrogating this kidnapper, remember that last issue, it ended with this kidnapper going back to fix, you know, he left, the, he left his subject behind, because Freeze said that, you know, they're supposed to be perfect, and when they showed up initially, she got freaked out, tripped, bumped her head, got a little bloody, and the, the, the kidnapper said, well, she's not perfect, I'm just gonna bounce. Freeze said, no motherfucker, go back and get her, that bitch is just a flesh wound. <laughs> and they showed up, Batman was there waiting for him. 
So that's that's where we're at now. Batman is interrogating this motherfucker and he's fucking him up, and he goes and shows his. Uh, uh, he's trying to show the, this guy that he he kills now. So it's, it may be kind of confusing at first. Because the guy's like, whoa, shit, dude. You, what, holy fuck, did you beat the shit out of him? He goes, no, no, I didn't I didn't beat him to death. It's probably the fall that killed him. And I, I'm confused at first, myself. I'm thinking, is this Batman? What the fuck's going on here? So he gets the information out of him, and then you reveal that this uh, this person that you're, you know, they were referring to laying in the alley, presumably, presumably dead, was actually just Alfred pretending to be. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty fucking brilliant. I, dug, I got a laugh out of it, as a matter of fact. So now he got the information. He knows that Freeze is the, the one that put everyone up to this shit. So we get a reveal. A big fucking reveal. I don't know what they're going to call it, but I'm going to call it the Antifreeze suit. And it is essentially this giant f- uh, suit that produces flames, and he has a flamethrower. It's the anti-Mr. Freeze suit. But I think Antifreeze sounds better. So, uh... Yeah, well, you, you get the, the little fight there, but there's not much of a fight between he and Freeze, because Freeze, all of those failed test subjects, apparently they have had some sort of thing transplanted into them to the point where Freeze hits a button and they all attack at once. So they're cybernetic frozen corpses. Attack! And that they do. And well, Batman's overwhelmed, but being Batman, he realizes, well, he pushed a button, they all attacked at once. They've got to be connected to something, find the control panel, take out these things, get back to Freeze. He finds the control panel, takes out those things, now it's a chase after Freeze. Freeze is getting away by boat, or submergible, and Batman's after him. Well, he makes it, he gets on top of the, the submergible, and... He gets electrocuted and frozen in the ice block, and he uses his new anti-freeze suit to flame on, and yeah. Well, fucking... <laughs> he, uh... He does... Freeze does get away. Do, does get away. So Batman, at this point, he goes and he takes the other subjects, the all of the, the kidnappies, the ones that were resembled Nora, but weren't Nora, and takes them back to the Batcave. Batcave. He's running tests on them. And uh, then we go back over to Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze now has Nora. And he thinks that he's figured everything out to be able to revive her. So he thaws her out. And he fucking revives her, man. Mr. Freeze has Nora Freeze back. But the thing is, is that Nora Freeze's first words aren't so lovey-dovey. Her first words back... Uh, you know, living, or no, freeze. <laughs> so she seemed like, she, uh, oddly enough, maybe she was conscious during all of this. I don't fucking know. I don't know, but <laughs> I dug it, man. I dug the shit out of this. This is a dark book. Uh, at least I feel like it's dark. The, the, the 10 12, issue 10 12 may have been a little bit darker, but <clears throat> oh, man, I dug it, man. I dug it. That's what I have for overviews. Let's move on to honorable mentions. Now, the honorable mentions, if you're new to the podcast, this is not necessarily stuff that, you know, it just essentially it's books that I picked up that didn't make the overviews because there just weren't enough talking points or whatever reason. 
by no means does that mean uh, it wasn't as good as the books that made the overviews. And this podcast will be the biggest proof out of all of that. And you'll find out why here momentarily. So let's get on to these honorable mentions. We've got Spawn. Spawn 301, the record-breaking issue. I mean, come on. It's... <laughs> come on. Uh, I, uh, admittedly, I need to catch up on Spawn and to go through and read 297 up until now. And I think, uh, from my understanding, there's never been a better time to hop on Spawn. Start at 296, because at 296 through 299 wrap up 1 through 295. So, yeah. Spawn, motherfuckers, congratulations, McFarlane and crew. It's got a hell of a, a hell of a uh, uh, creative team on those interiors, I tell you what. And all of them fucking covers. We'll talk about that soon. From IDW, we've got Cobra Kai. And the Karate Kid saga continuing. Uh, well, so I had every intention of bringing this book into the overviews. But the thing is, is I feel like if I brought it into the overviews, I would have to explain all the shit that's happening in the show. And if you're not watching the show, I mean, this is, this is just not that kind of podcast. This isn't a, a TV movie podcast. But, nevertheless, if you are enjoying that show, then you're going to enjoy this book. It's picking up, it's very, very true to this YouTube series. It's following Johnny. We're getting flashbacks of Johnny as a kid. Johnny now running the Cobra Kai Dojo. We've got Hawk, all all of his students all up in that motherfucker. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm not exactly sure where in the timeline it takes place as far as the present goes, but it's... And nothing really happens in this book, to be perfectly honest, other than the fact that they're really just setting up and saying, hey, this is what this is. Get used to it. This is You're, you're, you're in it now. So I, I dig the shit out of it. Ice Cream Man. Uh, you know, normally Ice Cream Man makes the overviews. And once again, this didn't not make the overviews because it was bad by any means. I just couldn't figure out what to talk about it. It was it's fucking creepy horror book, man. It can Ice Cream Man continues to be a creepy fucking horror book. So yeah, not losing any steam at all. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Urban Legends number seventeen. So it's that book that uh, has already been told up until uh, like I said twenty six, and then it was supposed to go thirty. Uh, for whatever reason, that was canceled, but now it's going to go the distance. They're retelling it all in color instead of black and white or grayscale or however it was told originally. And they're going to actually finish out the last four issues this time. So for, for me, I initially jumped on it. You know, I read the first few issues, and you know, because I'm not a, a longtime Turtle reader, even though I'm a massive Turtle fan, being a you know product of the late 80s, I... uh. Yeah, no, it's... I, I would like to at least say that I have one complete Turtle series. So that's why I've been picking this up, I guess. I, I will eventually read it all. East of West, number 43. Uh, this is apparently the last arc in the series. They're gonna, the series is going to be ending. This is a Hickman, a Hickman joint. I have been told by anyone that's read this book and knows my taste in comics in any way, shape, or form, I've been told this is the perfect book for me. I have yet to read it. I intend on reading it, and knowing that it's going to end in probably under 50 issues gives me reason to believe I'm probably going to be reading it a little more sooner than I, uh, than I you know, initially thought. Because if it was going to go on forever, I just, I, 
that that whole I'm never going to get caught up type of feeling was going to occur. But now, you know, if it's going to come to an end, then uh, yes, I will eventually feel confident in getting caught up. So who knows, maybe East of West make some trade negotiation segments down the road. Speaking of trade negotiations, we have Thumbs number five coming to an end. Now, Thumbs will be featured on the next trade negotiations. That is the goal. And now we're going to have Sean Lewis on here to talk about it. I, I read the first issue of Thumbs and was just, I, I couldn't believe what I read. It was so fucking cool. Visually, uh, storytelling-wise, and, and every aspect, it was awesome. And then after reading issue two, I got through half of it and I thought, you know what, I think, I know this is going just five issues. I think I just, I think this deserves its own show. And that's, that's what's going to happen. So now that the, you know, it's been five months of me waiting to make this announcement of Thumbs Getting a Trade Negotiations episode and Sean Lewis coming on the show. So that's, that's what's going to be happening soon, guys. Uh, Yeah. Some DC honorable mentions. Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity. Holy fuck. This book was incredible. Incredible. It was something that I, 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 I could explain in 30 seconds. I really can. But I, I really you're just gonna have to take my word for it, especially visually. Visually you're not gonna you're not gonna find much better than this. You're really not. This is the the uh, top notch, top notch, fucking interiors in a book for sure, and this is not a a love story. Joker's a serial killer. Harley very much wants to catch the fucking Joker. That's why, and that's that's what's going on in this. It's it's gruesome. It's twisted. It's fucking good. This is and it's a black label book, so it's not canon, obviously. Oh, man. Highly, highly recommended. Another honorable mention. You're the villain, the Joker. Now, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how anti-you're the villain than I am personally. By no means am I suggesting anybody boycott anything. I'm just not buying into it myself. Well, uh, and I know I said I'm not getting any of the one-shots. And then they announced that John Carpenter is going to be doing a Joker book. And I thought, cool. And then they said, it's a year of the villain. I thought, uh, well, guys, <laughs> readers, listeners, I could not be more impressed with a comic book. Blew me the fuck away. Joker is he he's an evil son of a bitch this is taking place during the the city of bane stuff and joke this is this is joker as twisted as you as you'll ever see him this is it this is is the the most twisted most twisted you will see joker this is up there with the alan moores of joker storytelling yes i said it john carpenter alan moore that's the level of fucking yes yes Holy shit, guys. This is... Ugh. Honorable mention. Because I can't... <laughs> uh, it's Joker. He brings in his own little Robin, and they dress up in makeshift Batman and Robin suits. And they terrorize the fucking city and kill the fuck out of people. And the Robin doesn't really want much to be a part of it, but he knows what happens when you know you say no to the Joker. 
It's a tormented story. It's fucking brutal. It's full of violence. Do not give this one to your kids if you're iffy in any way, shape, or form towards that type of stuff or sensitive. Damn. Damn. And for being a 20-page, this is not an oversized book. I, after going through and reading it, I, I was reluctant to pay $5 for it uh, before I read it. And then after reading it, I'd, I'd pay $7 for this book. It, it really is that good. It's in the running for a single issue of the year. That's, it's incredible. I, I don't know what else to say about it. And once again, when I say honorable mentions doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good, this is proof. Like I said, that Joker Harley book, fucking top notch. I just, I didn't know what to say. And the Joker, same thing. This year of the villain shit. Fuck. Fuck is it good. Uh, let's keep going with these honorable mentions, though. There were a bunch that fell into this realm of... Fuck, I don't know what to say about it. Uh, Spider-Man number 31. Now, with this one, I was... The only reason I don't know what to say about it is because if you're not reading Absolute Carnage, and you're reading Spider-Man, and you're reading... And then you get to this issue, and then the last issue of Amazing Spider-Man, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Because there's no backstory. They don't give you anything. It's just... This is what's going on. We get this Kindred thing confusing the shit out of... Essentially, the reason why I threw this in honorable mentions is because Kindred confused me, and I didn't want to confuse y'all. So, I I don't know what's going on with Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man. It's... Ugh, it's roller coastery at, at best. Powers of Ten. Disappointed uh, that I... Yeah. <laughs> honorable mention book. The reason why this one is in the honorable mention pile is because everything that's in it, I feel like we already knew. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the, 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 the House of X stuff. I feel like House of X wrapped everything up perfectly. I, I really don't feel like we needed this book. I, I don't. That's, that's just, I'm sure there was, you know, vital information in there. The 32 fucking goddamn paragraphs of text. And the white pages and all of that. You know, it's Hickman doing his thing. Yes, is it a piece of art? I'm, I'm sure in somebody's eyes. But admittedly, uh, all all six powers of ten books have fallen short. If, uh, if you've been reluctant and, you know, you, you miss the books and you think, well, I've got to have them all and I want to know everything. I really think that you can get completely set up with the new X-Men books through just reading House of X. That's... I don't know. I'm sure that, like I said, all of the that textbook type of stuff throughout Powers of Ten. I mean, yes, it's it's information, but just just go Google it. To be honest, I don't know. I'm not saying don't go buy the book, but by no means am I saying that. It's I don't know. Powers of Ten just fell short with me. Contagion. Number two, Ed Brisson. So, Contagion, this is a five-parter coming out weekly. I think that if I time this out right, that I can get a right-around-Halloween trade negotiation out of this miniseries. I, 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 I've been told that you get a deceased type of vibe out of it, but it's same but different type of situation. I don't know. I haven't even read the first issue yet, because it came out on my uh, off week, if you will. But, nevertheless... I'm 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 interested. I want to know what the fuck's going on. We got Power, Power Man and Iron Fist on the cover of issue two. So, come on, come on. Let's move on to Wall Books. Wall Books, all the pretty stuff. 
all the stuff that I, uh, yeah, I like to not stash away in a box. I feel like it shouldn't be enjoyed past this podcast. So I throw them in a mylar, hang it on the wall, and I can enjoy it every time I make my way towards Studio Cerebro. And we've got some fucking wall books this week, guys. We've got a Poison Ivy book. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy number two. Not reading the story anymore because of how it spawned from Heroes in Crisis and I just don't think that story is important enough for me to follow. But if they're going to keep putting out these covers, then they're going to at least get a little bit of money out of me. (laughs) Fucking this Poison Ivy cover. Dog. Dude. Homie. Holy shit. It's beautiful. Who did it? Uh, fucking... I should know this. Uh, Warren... What is it? Warren, uh... Warren Lau? I I don't know how to say it, but... Yes. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, man. I, and I, right now, I've got one section on my, my... I have three wall book sections. I have a Francesco Matina dedicated wall. Um, I have my awesome shit that doesn't necessarily have a theme wall. And then I have another random theme wall. And right now, I've decided that I have all of these amazing, beautiful women covers. And that's what my theme is right now. Probably be through... Well, probably till the end of the year. Beautiful. And this one, this Poison Ivy cover, it's going to fit in very nicely. The next wall book, however, is not going to go on the lady wall. It's going to go on the other part of the wall. And this is a Tyler Kirkham cover. I got the Detective Comics 1013 variant as well. And this is a, a deceased variant cover. It's fucking beautiful, man. It's beautiful. I don't... It's It's... It's weird calling a cover like, because if you were to know the cover and see the cover, there's nothing beautiful about it other than the fact that you know how much fucking time and love went into that that art. God damn, is it good. Oh, and we've got some Spawn covers. You know with a book like 301, a big record-breaking thing, they're going to have all types of varying issues, and McFarlane did it. We got the 301 homage parody cover from the Spider-Man 301. So, yes, I have the 300 and the 301 parody covers from Spawn 300 and 301. So, yep. And last but not least with the wall books, we've got a Francesco Matina, baby. I was disappointed that 300 didn't get a Matina. But 301 did, and it's fucking gorgeous. So, that does it for wall books now from here this is the opinion based point part of the podcast this is where i give my top picks and like i say i don't necessarily want to look at this as top picks so much as it is extra kudos my favorites um of the week yes extra kudos are going to begin with the interiors of the week the interiors of the week are going to go to joker harley criminal insanity uh, fucking, uh, Miko Soyan and Mike Mayhew. That is unbelievable. It's, it's almost like they photographed this whole thing and put a filter over it somehow. Some of these pages, these panels look way too fucking realistic for a comic book. And that's not a bad thing. Sometimes that is a bad thing, but in this particular story, it fits so well. And they go back and forth between the grayscale and the color. Color represents flashback. Grayscale represents present time. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Two different art styles all combined into one, and it's... it's, 
fuck, man. This is in the running for interiors of the year. It's, it's that fucking good. It is. It is that good. Cover of the week is going to, I mean, yes, we've got a Matina Spawn cover. And normally that's, that's going to be the no-brainer. But Poison Ivy, any time that she gets her own cover, and it's been way too... I mean, it, yes, it's it's happened in spurts lately because of this Harley Poison Ivy series, but I, I don't get enough Poison Ivy on my covers. And god damn, is this one going to look so good on my lady wall? <laughs> it's a... Oh, yes, cover of the week goes to Warren Lau. Now, lastly, 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 my overall book of the week. This was a runaway. Uh, <laughs> and it was an honorable mention. The Year of the Villain, Joker. John Carpenter, you, sir, are not just a master of horror and film, but a, a master of horror and comic books. Yes, this is a horror book. This is the Joker at his creepiest, most, uh, uh, just off the fucking god, just unhinged, Joker unhinged, and I would say insane, but the whole premise of this, you know, the, the moral of this, what it all circles around to is, no, he's not insane, he's very fucking aware, and he's just fucking, psycho he's a psychopath, that's the difference between being insane and a psychopath, so, yeah, man, it's, whew, Good shit. Good shit. I'm so glad I picked up that You're the Villain story. It gives me confidence in picking up some other ones. You know, they're just one shots. It's nothing to really dedicate myself to. You know, it's not a run. I'm going to have to not... Yeah, it's... Oh, it just goes to show. When when you have doubt, sometimes you just have to take a left turn anyways. And you you, you can be proven wrong very easily. And I was proven wrong. I was. I didn't expect to like the Joker Harley book. And here we are. So, with all of that being said, it has been a podcast. I do appreciate y'all for listening. Please support me on Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics, and uh, hop on one of the tiers. You know, there's a dollar tier, and all the way up to uh, an Omega level tier. And you're, you're, you're going to get your money's worth, I promise. And if I can get, you know, a few more of you on there, I'm going to add in another tier. I've got some ideas. You can get your... Maybe a custom coffee cup made, the Cheers to Comics logo with your name on it. I don't know, something like that. That'd be fucking cool, right? I don't know, I'll think about it. But let me know you want it by hopping on Patreon. And, uh, yeah. Otherwise, you can support the podcast by leaving a review. Five-star reviews are swell. You can do it on Apple. And uh, Podbean has a place for you to leave comments on every episode. Throw a little heart, a likey-poo. And uh, anywhere else you listen to your podcast, there's usually some way to leave some sort of feedback. All feedback is appreciated, and it does help uh, this podcast grow. It, it increases the ranks on the list, and yeah. So, with all that being said, I appreciate you, Slurds, for tuning in once again. This is episode 51. I am Brian Wayne. You nerds read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. 
You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParleyHour.com where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast.